Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. It's weird. Uh, sitting down at the mic again. Yeah, been a it's minute. Been a minute. Yeah. Um, let me just up right at the top. I will throw out for the listeners. I almost said the viewers. The viewers. That's how. That's how disconnected I am from the audio world right now. In their mind's eye, I'm sure they're picturing us. Oh, they're picturing much better than what <laughs> than reality. <laughs> that's <laughs> I why I don't like to share pictures of ourselves. <laughs> we prefer whatever you're thinking. But I will say, I, I, we've continue to be scattered and sporadic for various reasons, but I am still very excited. We will have news for you guys soon about, you know, our whole schedules lately and how everything's been going. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way or another, I think the, you know, the fires of industry, they burn slow, <laughs> but we're on the brink. They burn fast, but they warm <laughs> slow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or something. We're on the brink of cool new news. But until then... Gotta say, we appreciate your patience with we us. Really Sorry do. to be so spotty with our recordings yeah. and sending things out, but we really, really enjoy making this show. We, we promise. <laughs> we are working on it, and uh, and we miss you guys. So we thanks you guys. for missing us. We it love really you guys means a lot. We've gotten some messages checking in. Are you guys um, okay? I know. We're like, how nice to, to we are for people to care. We are, and it'll all be worth it. I'm so I'm so very excited. But um, part of recently we did go out of town. We did go out of town. We, we were went in, back to of course. the promised land. <laughs> Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we got offered some free rooms because of our last trip to Vegas. Yeah, it doesn't take much, apparently. Eli just kind of turned to me. He's like, hey, I don't know. Do you want to go stay? Do you want to go back Actually, to Vegas? And we hadn't planned a trip for this year. So I was like, fine. If I may say, I got that email offering us three free nights at Park MGM. And I turned to you very much expecting an eye roll. And uh, what? Yeah, sure. Great. No, I'm not going back to Vegas. 
And I distinctly remember you saying, you know what? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked. Right. I was like, well, if you want to, then we're definitely going because I always want to. Well, I want to go somewhere. Yeah. I don't want all our vacations to just no, be Vegas. I don't either. In that fact, is not going to work this for me. This one ended up being a full seven days that unplanned. That was really crazy. And I, I'm good for a minute. And I'm going to tell y'all, seven days is too long. <laughs> it's too much Vegas. But I know. I mean, we usually take a trip for our anniversary. It's our yeah. anniversary next week, actually. Yeah. And um, we hadn't really planned anything this year because no. of all the reasons we're so scattered. We're not really sure what's going on right now. So a lot, oh. of, a lot of things up in the air, a lot of balls up in the air. So we were like, I, I was just like, I don't know what else we're going to plan for yeah. this year. So we may as well just go for it. I mean, free I feel like rooms. free stuff. Yeah. I'm fine to accept free stuff. Yeah. And we did accept a lot of free stuff. <laughs> oh, did we? And I'll tell you, well, we'll give a little brief recap of the trip in the in the upfront here we got in to park mgm they gave us a nice little upgrade to our room uh which was very kind of them they put us up on the 23rd floor which had been recently renovated and and they put us in a stay well room which has a uh, air purifier and hypoallergenic pillows and a vitamin c infused shower whatever that means it It means nothing What the, what it is is you go in there and the hose of the shower is has this little it looks like the Ninja Turtles two Secret of the Ooze like canister that. except yes. it's orange instead of green and the the shower water is going through that before it comes out the shower heads so you're like some the, is tang is being applied tang to our skin is, right now <laughs> <it's> <laughs> in the shower tang in there the room itself however did not appeal to us it was an accessibility room. Uh, which is wonderful and helpful, I'm sure, oh, for yeah. someone who needs it. But like, for example, our the closet rod was set very low. So Diana couldn't hang the dresses that she brought up in the closet. And there's no furniture because obviously they want the walkways to be wider. Right. So there was no drawers to put our clothes in. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these things that uh, or, or, for example, we really liked the standing shower that we had last time when we stayed there. Mm-hmm. And this time there was a tub with some, you know, accessibility features, handrails and a, bench, and a sitting a bench, tub with a bench yeah. and things like that. That, which is all cool, but it wasn't for us. Yeah, we didn't need it. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, a little bit disappointing. But I thought it was very strange that a lot of the decor was just gone. And, you know, I was like some of the stuff on the wall, I feel like it shouldn't have an effect or or even painting the wall or something just so that it has some vibes in there. It's still a nice hotel room. The view was great. It was like a pool view. Oh, poolside view. Lovely. But yeah, in a lot of ways, I was just kind of, I was sort of like, well, I'm angry for my accessibility friends who right. are getting this kind of like <laughs> dingy room. <laughs> but I'm glad that yeah. they, of course, it's very important to have those accommodations. Yeah. So that's more important that you can, your room is functional than pretty. So the next day, Diana had treated herself to a Bellagio massage spa package. <laughs> yes. And I know you you had questioned it. Do I, you know, do I want to spend this money? And I was like, do it. We're here. We're making this as cheap a vacation as we can. Have your one splurge thing. It's true. And while she was gone, I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll see if I can get our room changed. And so you, yes. you tell them your spa experience. Which uh, I was, I'm already looking into like a Mr. Bean clown school <laughs> or something because I really want to make Anxious Girl Goes to the Spa. <laughs> clown routine because there uh-huh. were many things about it that were very anxiety inducing in some ways and i told him right up front i'm very bad at relaxing so we're, we're here to learn <laughs> but there were lots of things like the shower was incredibly hot and i couldn't i couldn't change the temperature because were- there's too many knobs so it's just various little things like that it was totally making me laugh though 
otherwise, it was just a beautiful experience. I mean, they were really nice there. It, they really weren't sneery at all. I don't mm-hmm. I don't go to spas, so I didn't know what to do. I don't I don't know right. what the 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 policies protocols, or, or yeah. protocols or how you move around that space looking like you belong. Right. Um, but they were so so nice. It was really beautiful facility. The massage was amazing. I also got this like CBD body scrub treatment Ooh. thing that was really nice. And so I was I came out like when I went back out to leave. This other lady was like, did you get a facial today? And I was like, no, I didn't. I got, you know, my my two treatments. She's like, well, you are just glowing. <laughs> and I was like, well, I feel like I'm glowing. And maybe she says that to everybody, <laughs> but it worked for me. <laughs> so it was just a lovely experience. I was like, I'm so glad I did it. It was so, so wonderful. Cut to me. I'm like sweating. <laughs> I did move the room. So I'm hauling all of our bags up and down <laughs> elevators three times. <laughs> but yes, I called him. I was like, I'm done at the Bellagio. And he's like, I'm just moving us. Uh, to our new room. So I'll come, you know, come on through and I'll show it to you. And Eli meets me down in the lobby and he's, he was like, all right, so yeah, I, I asked about a room upgrade or, or switching the room. And, um, you know, it's, it's a better room. It's, it's definitely better. a bit. It yeah. was, it was, it's worth moving. I'm glad that we moved. Don't, ha- you know, lower right. your expectations. And I was yeah. like, okay, it's, it's fine. just better. It's just better. Yeah. So I was like, it's a standard room, whatever. And we go up to the 28th floor this time, higher than before. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's nice. He's like, the view's not as good and stuff, but whatever, it's fine. And he's walking me to the room, and it's like right there by the elevators. Didn't realize he was filming me. That would have been a real, <laughs> a real <laughs> giveaway because he opens the door. And it was like the most amazing suite that I've ever been in. I was like, what am I looking at? Walk-in <laughs> closet. So, it had a walk-in closet. The bathroom was amazing. Detached the room bathroom, was a living room. So cute. It yeah. had all of the little decor and details that I had been looking for. Yeah. And it was so lovely. And I was just like, what? <laughs> it, was, it was a worse view. It was a worse view, but who cares? That's okay, yeah. <laughs> the we didn't spend a lot of time looking out the better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It was just so, such a nice surprise. So I was yeah. just like, I'm already feeling so good. And then he had spent all this time to make me feel even better. Oh. So it was really nice. Well, look at me. Look at you. Sweating and dragging. And... I know. You had the very opposite of a relaxing <laughs> experience. But <laughs> but then uh, bullet points. Let's see. Uh Lost some money, won some money, mm-hmm. saw Ka at Cirque du Soleil, which is really cool. Very cool. Uh, we saw Fantasy at Luxor, which was... Uh, so we went for like, oh, we'll see like a striptease, sexy Vegas yeah, showgirl like, show. We'll see some boobs, whatever. It was hilarious. Um, uh, the MC uh, was just killer. She's an incredible she's very... singer and comedian. And there was a stand-up that was yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. It was just a great show. Really loved it. Yeah, I was, su- I was surprised because it's one of the cheaper shows yep. that we went to. And I was like, yep. this one's actually really good. And oh. the girls were very pretty and they danced really well. And yeah. I mean, everything was really fun. Was so really I was just fun. like, I don't know. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and we were like right in the front row too, which yeah. is kind of freaky. But fortunately, nobody bothered us. They had yeah. other people. They had drunker people to make fun of. <laughs> We saw Piff the Magic Dragon from sure America's did. Got Talent. He was hilarious. And then, uh, and then, yeah, and then we were going to leave Friday and uh, Caesars Properties offered us two more free nights at the Horseshoe. I don't know why. Um, we're not high rollers. We're not big spenders. I, they, I guess they just like us. They just said, why not? Um, and then we left. We checked out the day that MGM got hacked, but we were we had moved over to a Caesars property, so we didn't have to deal with it. We didn't even know it was happening until no, we were until home. we left. Yeah. We also were there when Ed Sheeran canceled oh, his concert Ed. just like an hour or something before it was supposed to go on. Oh, my God. 
And I had gone up to the room and seen these five girls leaving their room at the horseshoe uh-huh. dressed like Ed Sheeran. Like full they on. had full on Weasley red wigs. <laughs> I was like, they're either Weasleys or Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I don't know which one. And when I realized Ed Sheeran was playing, I was like, that's definitely what it was. Yep. And they're all wearing the same outfit. They had like uh, drawn on facial hair and everything. And I was just like so excited for them because I was like, what an amazing night they're going to have at Ed Sheeran. And then, and then he canceled. canceled. And I was just thinking about them all weekend. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I hope they went to karaoke and all sang Shape of You together or something. I mean, people were mad. But people I, were I, mad. I heard it was a, a legit safety issue. Yes. It was. So you got to It sounded you like do. he. it was the right thing to do. Yeah. But I definitely felt sorry because we were talking about some some people had the worst, very worst possible Vegas vacation that yeah. they could have had because they flew in to, to stay at, at an MGM property and see oh. Ed Sheeran. Yep. And instead, they did not see Ed Sheeran, yep. and they got their credit card information compromised <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and couldn't play any and slots. And, like, hours to check out of your room. Anyway, crazy situation. Yeah. Uh, so we got very – maybe we didn't make our fortune in right. Vegas, but I still feel like we were very, very lucky. Yes. Yes. We we had a really nice time. It was wonderful. Ate some good food. So that's the bullet point. We won't spend the whole episode recounting like we did last year when we went to <laughs> Vegas with Terry and Jason. Um, but uh, But we're back. We're we in our when our in our house. Yay. Um not a suite. N- not a suite. Bed does not get turned down every day. No, yeah, no one comes in here and cleans <laughs> when we go out to work. Who's responsible for this bathroom? Right. Oh, and me? Uh, none of the games I'm playing even have the possibility of paying me money. I know. Anymore, You're paying is, them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, but onward it's different we trudge. Here. It's different out here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I am excited to be back to this because I do love doing this so much more than sitting around and waiting to do this, yeah, <laughs> which right? is what I spend the rest of my time doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, also, this one's really interesting. Yeah, this is fun. Because um, I get la- last episode, we were talking about Fuck for Forest. If you can remember way back, end. ask your grandparents if they remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back many, to the ancestors. Many decades ago. Uh, but yeah, one of our stories in that one was about the non. Well, I guess it's not really technically a nonprofit, but they're trying to make basically make pornography uh-huh. to raise money to give to environmental causes. Yes, and they sometimes have sex with vegetables. Okay, and so it's like, hmm. and apparently that is part of being an ecosexual, which is a whole sexual identity. I had never heard of this. Uh, even no. doing this show for two years had not uh, this had not come up for us, so this was really exciting. Um, and it turns out that the pioneers of ecosexuality are a married lesbian couple who have spent decades making art around female sexuality, gender identity, queer identity, and environmental action. Okay, so all lots of things that we're interested in, especially at this show. So let's talk about Annie Sprinkle. Beth Stevens, and the eco-sexual identity that proclaims that Earth is not our mother, but our lover. Oh, okay, let's go. Ooh la la. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Elizabeth Stevens was born in 1960 in Montgomery, West Virginia, deep in coal country, to a coal company-owning family, which must be an interesting uh, thing for her to deal with now that she's such an environmental 
you know, activists. Right. Um, she went to lots of great schools, Tufts, the Museum School, and Rutgers, earning fine arts degrees. And then she was hired at the University of California in Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz, in 1993, mm-hmm. where, as org writes, she was, quote, a feisty punk dyke playboy, interdisciplinary artist, and professor exploring themes of gender, queerness, and feminism. Awesome. I know it sounds that amazing. was my that was my crowd in college. Hell yeah. To be honest. <laughs> I don't know if crowd. I could have hung out with them because I would have felt not cool enough. <laughs> but I would have been like, they're so cool doing the cool oh, thing. I was just like sitting like, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> just it's cool that you're here. <laughs> just just, just live happy in it. to be included. Guys. Just live in it. Don't say anything. Don't ruin it. <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> just happy to be in the room. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one of Beth's earliest projects is a film from 1989 called Women Eating, mm. and another from the same year where she interviews Oaxacan women, and then she would eventually chair the art department at UC Santa Cruz twice, uh, once between uh, 2006 and 2009, and then again from 2017 until 2020. You know, it's very rude to watch women eating and women talking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You can't. You want to make sure you Sorry. finish women eating and then you can go into women yes, talking. Right. But don't then watch women swallowing. That's a very different film. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the in between film is not the same. It's not part of the series. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other woman here, Annie Sprinkle, she's going to take a little bit longer to introduce. She was born Ellen F. Steinberg in Philly in 1954. And then her family moved to L.A. And then they moved to Panama during her teen years. And when she was 18, she was working at a movie theater in Tucson, Arizona, that was showing the uh, seminal uh, (laughs) porn film Deep Throat. Ah, the classic. Ellen here was working at the Deep Throat screening, and the movie theater she was working at got busted for showing an adult movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, we swear, we thought it was about the Nixon tapes. (laughs) Um, Well... Ellen was called as a witness during this case, and when she went to the courthouse, she met and fell head over heels for Deep Throat's director, Gerard Damiano. Wow. She became his mistress, and she followed him to New York City, and not long after, she, of course, naturally started doing porn herself under the name Annie Sprinkle. Her best-known porn, you all know and love, it's one that she (laughs) co-directed. It's called Deep Inside Annie Sprinkle. And it was the second highest grossing porn film of 1981. Did you happen to find the first? I did not. I should find it. You know, it doesn't even matter because deep inside Annie Sprinkle. I mean, come on. We're really getting a lot of, I I assume it's about an introspective look. Yeah, exactly. Into the soul of Annie Sprinkle and not. It's it's basically beat poetry. (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) Beat your meat poetry. Beat your meat poetry. <laughs> you know, Annie would probably approve of oh, that. Oh, yeah. I think she'd yeah. be like, I'm down for beat your meat poetry. <laughs> Let's get this going. Bongo drums. Jack Kerouac. Jack Kerouac off. Jack Kerouac off. Yeah. Doing beat the meat poetry. <laughs> Jack off Kerouac off. Oh, my God. We should do this. Beat the meat poetry. Okay, I'm going to work right. on Anxious Girl going to the spa, but you need to work on Jack Off, Kerouac Off doing Beat Your Meat Poetry. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it, everyone. Ridiculous Romance is canceled. <laughs> We're focused on this project now. We have some art to make. <laughs> All right. Well, Annie then started getting into sex education as well as entertainment. Okay. She created a Sluts and Goddesses workshop about female pleasure in 1991. Mm-hmm. That then became a video workshop series. Oh, 
1996, she became the first known porn star to earn a doctorate degree, wow. which she got in human sexuality. Awesome. And I love the qualifier. They're like, lots of people have doctorate degrees. Lots of people are porn stars. <laughs> but a lot of people with doctors don't tell you if they ever did porn. Oh. They don't let you know. But she's like, I'm She's the first proud one who it. said it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Yeah. I want you to know. Okay. I, I bet there's a lot more people now that have like doctorates that are on OnlyFans. How else do you think they paid for medical exactly, school? Exactly. Right? right? But anyway, at the time, this was a real surprise. <laughs> <laughs> And then she pioneered feminist pornography or porn based on women's desires, mm. which she kind of created because she wanted to defy a feminist group that operated in the 70s and 80s that was hilariously called WAP, Women Against Pornography. What? <laughs> which I kind of love the idea of Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion being like, you know what? I'm taking it back. <laughs> taking back WAP. WAP now means Wet ass pussy. How about that? <laughs> wow, women against pornography. Get a bucket and a mop. <laughs> we're gonna clean up this town. What if that had been their slogan? Is like we're gonna get a bucket and a mop and clean up this town. Oh my god, I love it so much. Uh, Annie Sprinkle also made lesbian porn sure. and a transgender love story film. Oh, okay, which you know, again, she's she's making movies in the nineties. So yeah. this was a real boundary that she was pushing. Yeah. Uh, some other genres that she has been at the foreskinna, I mean, forefront of. Wow. <laughs> Whoops. And let's see. Uh, are, include genres like edu porn, triple X docudrama, oh. gonzo porn, okay. art porn, and feminist erotica. All right. Gonzo porn, uh, more like gonzo journalism, not Muppets. I'm assuming. <laughs> well, look, you know what? Hey, there's, some, there's <laughs> something out there for everybody. With pornography. <laughs> but gonzo porn like gonzo journalism, it kind of sounds like you run up on somebody and surprise oh. them. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Wikipedia tells me it's the style of pornographic film that attempts to place the viewer directly into the scene. Oh, so it's like POV porn. Yeah. Kind of. Maybe so. Oh, yeah, yeah. POV is okay. what they get into here. Yeah. So uh, it's well, like apparently any VR simple... porn. VR porn. Uh, early well. VR porn. I'm surprised she's not working on some. Maybe she is. She may be. Well, Annie Sprinkle, one of the first to to do uh, POV porn, there I guess. Go. Uh, she also worked as a prostitute. She got into burlesque. She did live sex shows, and she wrote for sex magazines. So she's just all over the sex industry. Ooh. Annie also started doing performance art. Naturally, she needed every outlet she could find mm. to get this. She clearly had a lot of performance every inside outlet. of her. Hey, um, now this included her best known piece public cervix announcement <laughs> where I love it where she lets the audience view her cervix with a speculum and a flashlight to quote celebrate the female body and I I mean I celebrate a lot of things that I don't need a very close look at okay. you know like <laughs> don't tell me what's in that cake for example right I, I I'm I'm good with the big picture what doesn't know won't hurt me yeah exactly uh, what I don't know won't hurt me um, another performance piece she did was called The Legend of the Ancient Sacred Prostitute, where she does something called a, quote, sex magic masturbation ritual on stage. Sex magic sounds like a Barry White song to me. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, baby. Ooh, I'm going to turn you on with my <laughs> sex magic. Uh-huh. 
give it to us, Barry. If it don't work for you, Barry, that would be tragic. Oh, the rhymes. Because we was made for love. <laughs> and we was made for touching each other's butts. And we were made for love. Wow, Barry White is <laughs> yeah, here, everybody. Yeah, we were made for touching each other's butts. Barry, how did you get in here? <laughs> I'm gonna pull a scarf right out of my hat. And then you'll jump in the box. And I will split you in half. Straight or blow out your back. But I'll never go <laughs> poop. And disappear. <laughs> okay, you tied the magic back into it. I see. <laughs> yeah, I, had to get I it see. Back. That's <laughs> good. Okay. He's a sex. He's a sex magician. Sex magician. Yeah. <laughs> he's pulling things out of his head. He's pulling things out of somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, special guest star Barry White. In today's episode. I'm doing a real bad job, baby. <laughs> All right, so Annie also has toured internationally for years doing her performance art. She's often presented as a visiting artist at universities and colleges all over the U.S. and Europe. And her work is also studied in courses all over in colleges like like, uh, women's studies, queer studies, film history, human sexuality, courses like that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The history of World War II. Sure. um, Home economics, I'm sure. uh, (laughs) AP calculus. That's high school. But, you know, it's an advanced class, so... (laughs) <laughs> Making calculus hot early. again with Annie Sprinkle. <laughs> now that would work. <laughs> I mean, maybe it would. Uh-huh. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's cool to to first of all get 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 a doctorate in human sexuality sure. and then start adding so much to yeah. the study of human sexuality with hey, your own work and your own art and everything. I mean, in such I a cool. uh, no pun intended untapped field. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of room for new movement and new ideas mm-hmm. and stuff. There's barely anybody focused and studying it. So you come in and it's kind of the you know, it's the world's your playground, right? Yeah, like yeah. You, you can kind of say no one's it, it. Now it's up to new scholars to contest what you said, but you've got no rules. You can yeah, kind of say true. whatever you want. I guess that's true. <laughs> she also was saying she said in some interview that she was like a lot of um, sex workers don't care about the art world, but I found it to be more free. Like I was able to be more free with my sexuality mm. and with my with my creative expression yeah. in in the art world than I was in the sex world. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because the art world can be very stuffy. The art world can be very excluding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, an, that was a cool thing to, yeah. to read from her. Because artists are kind of, sometimes artists, I have found, mm-hmm. dabbling in the art world ourselves a little bit, sort of feel like if you're not also an artist, if you don't speak the language, if you don't understand, mm-hmm. you're less invited. Yeah. Than us. Yeah. But with sex, like everybody's invited. Like you can't <laughs> exclude, like literally everyone. Hey now, almost, not everybody. <laughs> not everybody. But, you know, as a as a general rule, most people are involved in sex in some way in their lives. That's if true. nothing else, it's what brought them here. So it's hard to exclude. <laughs> Very true. Uh, you know, anyone from that. Very true. And it's hard to, I, I mean, you can, you can put a lot of academic language on the human body and sure. stuff like that. But. There's still a lot of room for a lack of pretension because it is, I mean, we make funny faces and we make funny noises. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. a joyous expression a yeah. lot of the time. So 
Uh, anyway, it's hard hard to get too stuffy about it. Right, uh, getting stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get stuffy about getting <laughs> stuffed. <laughs> That's the Annie Sprinkle way. <laughs> Well, anyway, maybe it's no surprise to anyone that when these two radical, queer, sex-positive, art-making feminists met each other, they, like, immediately fell head over heels for one another and they started collaborating together. And in 2004, they committed to seven years of art projects about love called the Love Art Laboratory. Um, And these projects always included a wedding. Okay. Now, at the time, this was really pushing some boundaries because marriage equality was a really big issue. It's kind of hard to remember how crazy this was now. In the early 2000s, And we were there for it. You know what I mean? But there was... There was such a tug of war going on in the U.S. about whether or not uh, same-sex marriage was was okay, basically. Yeah. So over the seven years that these ladies were doing these projects, many states would legalize same-sex marriage in their own state and then have it overturned by a constitutional amendment, kind of like with California's Prop 8 mm, or Prop brutal. 8, as we called it. Right. That was really brutal. Uh, between especially 2004 and 2015, people were getting the right to have domestic or civil unions instead of marriage. Uh, it was just like a different word. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Um, so they were getting permission for that, while other states were at the same time defining marriage as being between a man and woman. No one else can get married. Many places were issuing marriage licenses so people would get married and then they would later invalidate the marriage license. So now Jeez. you're not married anymore. God. Uh, it's just a really chaotic situation going on for many years until finally, finally, SCOTUS ruled same-sex marriage bans unconstitutional in 2015. Boom. Now we barely remember all this shit. <laughs> I know. Well, it's wild and, you know, and it's not like it's not coming up again because sure uh, people is. are still real sensitive about it for some reason. And I'm sitting here after, you know, however many years we've been doing this show mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, can you can we just ignore that? We got people out here trying to marry computer programs <laughs> and <laughs> buildings and shit. And this and, you know, personally, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. But at least can y'all just get away from when two humans are marrying each other? Just let it be. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's actually real nice. Right. It's a real nice thing that people do. Uh, and in to be nice you know like wh- what the hell is your problem <laughs> it's a wonderful expression of i'd like to stand by your side forever Ew! holy oh, shit how, dare you? how beautiful you know but people were like feeling somehow like their marriage was lessened by same-sex marriage no. or something even though literally it was just so they could have legal protections that had nothing no. to do with anything sacred yeah it had something to do with whether or not you could leave somebody something when you died yep. or if they could have custody of their kids together and stuff like that so it was kind of it was just such a stupid temper tantrum that uh-huh. lasted literally like 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> so Annie and Beth, their actual legal domestic partnership was in San Francisco. This happened alongside 33 other couples, uh, a spectrum of LGBTQ and straight couples as well. Annie wore a silver disco dress and a feather trimmed duster and Beth wore a silver tuxedo. And the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and the transgender choir, The Believers, performed at this ceremony. This is when they thought of this idea of wedding as a performance art. Mm -hmm. And they started the Love Art Laboratory. Yeah, Beth was saying, you know, it is a lot like a play. I think we said the same when we had our wedding. Because it was very much, you need a stage manager, Uh your day of planner. You have to think about the audience. Yep. You have to think about Sets, uh, costumes. There's, there's speeches to give, monologues Dialogue, basically yep. to prepare. Yep. 
There's cues. I mean, everything about it is very performance-based. Oh, yeah. The, so they were like, hmm. The only thing we missed was rappelling down from a helicopter at the beginning <sighs> of ours. There was a lot. Well, there was a lot more performance. There was an idea for our wedding at one point that we were going to record a video message from ourselves <laughs> from the future and pop in and, and, and say something. And we were going to have to time it out so that us at the altar would have mm -hmm. to like speak to them. That's right. That's uh, why we didn't do it. Like an old talk show bit. Oh, man, it would have been great. Though. It would have been. Vow when renewal. we renew the vows. Yeah, when we renew yeah. the vows, it yeah. will have more in, money and it's going to be amazing. We'll be in front of 400,000 people mm -hmm. yeah. and it'll be... It'll be the new greatest we'll show. We'll have Earth. costume changes. There will yeah. be helicopter. So it's a wedding performance art idea. And each year of the Love Art Laboratory was assigned a color based on a chakra and a theme. Right. So everyone is welcome to take their vows with these two. Um, and apparently the ceremony would also always include an objection to the wedding where a friend would get up and read the top 10 reasons why marriage should be abolished <laughs> uh, about how it's outdated and unequal, you know, just right. to make sure that there was some perspective in the space and in the, in the conversation, you know? Right. Cause they were <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're having fun experimenting with the performance of a wedding, right. the performance of love, who gets to get married in right. this country and stuff like that. But of course, lots of people lots find of marriage to be a very outdated institution yeah, that does yeah. nothing for anybody. So right. they were like, why not? It's just inclusivity, you know, yeah, like totally. your, your perspective is part of this too. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we're also going to do it. But so. we're going to get married. <laughs> we're going to get married. that's how we kind of felt, you know, it was like, there's a real silliness to mm -hmm. the idea of marriage, the institution of marriage, and the history of marriage. Right. And also, like, we want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, our, our own way. Yeah, it was, it was just, I don't know, there's something nice about having a party where everybody gets to come together and be excited that you found each other. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that, and then there's something lovely, too, at, at least for us, since we liked each other's families. I guess I don't know about <laughs> other, But there's something, too, about that feeling of, oh, you're part of my family now. Yeah. So you need to meet everybody or yeah. we're all mixed together. I need to meet your family. We're all right. one family. So it's important to, for us to, you know, share this space, break bread together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Say the magic words, the incantation <laughs> right. that, that creates a vow. Which which is real, I think. There then, is something magical about your promises, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and then the cool trip afterwards. And then, uh, of, right, course, of course, shout out to the Sologamists, who I think uh, deserve uh, that party, too. Amazing, whether absolutely. If you're going to, you know, just marry yourself or whatever. Find your true love in your own mirror yep. if you need to. So according to CNN, the first Love Art Laboratory wedding was in 2004. It was the Red Year, featuring, quote, a series of public cuddling performances and hours-long kissing sessions. They hosted sidewalk sex clinics, and they held their red wedding at a former burlesque club. Just a quick note, very different red wedding from the Game of Thrones red wedding. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these terms mean a lot of different things now <laughs> than they used to. Yeah, in 2004, I didn't know. <laughs> no. Uh, back to CNN, quote, in the orange year, they married their community and guests came dressed as orange juicers and carrots. All right. But it was Annie and Beth's fourth green wedding when they came out to the world as ecosexuals and they started incorporating the environment more into not only their artwork, but into their love lives. And we will tell you all about that right after this quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Toyota believes in the power of personal choice for reducing carbon emissions. Beyond Zero is their vision to go beyond carbon neutrality, and they're working toward it with a diverse lineup of electrified vehicles. And electrified doesn't just mean plugified either. Toyota offers more low and zero emissions vehicles combined than any other automaker, so you have choices that fit your lifestyle. Whether you want a hybrid EV that starts and handles like a traditional Toyota with better MPG, a battery EV that delivers a smooth, silent, clean ride, or a plug-in hybrid EV that goes between battery and fuel to give you the best of both worlds, Toyota has you covered. And for those of you who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool. But it doesn't stop with vehicles. Toyota is decreasing its plastic waste, supporting water conservation efforts, and expanding programs that protect critical species, all to help reduce their environmental footprint and create a positive impact on society, giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions. That's Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond zero vision. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back, everybody. So the green wedding to the earth took place in the woods, obviously. Duh. Where else? Um, it had more than 150 collaborators and 400 guests. And they were all given bags of soil to breathe from deeply during the ceremony. All I, oh, sorry. All I can picture is somebody breathing deeply and then be like, <laughs> oh, like absolutely. everywhere. I don't need to breathe dirt. 
I guess I'm still on my Mr. Bean tip, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I see in my head. Uh, during this, a soprano did an operatic striptease. Uh, some guy got drenched in green paint and wrapped up in a sheet. And a girl with a snake around her neck read poetry. There was a flautist. Someone got spanked with a bouquet of flowers. All very exciting sort of earthy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can watch a compilation of all these eco-weddings on their website, which is sprinklestevens.ucsc.edu, if you're interested. And if you never thought you'd see an EDU website where you get to watch someone get spanked (laughs) with a bouquet of flowers or whatever, well, now you can. It's quite Quite interesting. You yeah. should check it out. And it, would, would, would you call it safe for work? Actually, yeah. Video? It's, yeah. it's not porn- pornographic right. at all. It's, right. it's really not like that. I hope the guy got drenched in green paint. It was like a ecologically sound green paint, you know? You know, it's, like, it's a great pretty question. Gross. Is it, are we talking about latex paint right mm, now? Or Who knows? Well, who knows? Not us. That's not what we're here for. Facts. And <laughs> not us. <laughs> information. Okay, so Annie and Beth then dressed all in green with big feathers and flowers, and anyone else at the wedding who cared to would repeat the vows to take the earth as their lover. And they took the eco-sex pledge, which is, quote, I promise to love, honor, and cherish you, earth, until death brings us closer together forever. Which does make the earth kind of a pretty great partner. It does. You know, a human's gonna shove off eventually they 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 that's true but the earth eventually the earth will reclaim you yeah i suppose yeah all of us Oof. uh there's a whole eco sex manifesto um and this is just the pledge at the end mm-hmm. uh, the earth will reclaim all of us except for me who as you know my plans diana uh post-mortem space. is to be frozen and shot into space right. so the aliens can find me and either reanimate me mm-hmm. or you know, learn about humans and come here and, to, you know, do their thing, whatever that is. Do their, I, I assume it'll be good. Whatever it is. <laughs> my, my assumptions of aliens is that they would do good if they oh, got here. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And we'll have to ask our friends, bleep blop. Uh, you know, they do need to make an appearance, but I, I'm listening. I don't hear them coming now. So maybe Not next right episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been going for a while. They clearly know that we don't have time. They know we don't have time for that <laughs> bit right now. So what is... Ecosexuality. Oh, yes. The subject of the episode. We the should finally get to that, is huh? Ecosexuality. Only about 45 well, minutes. Partly for Annie and Beth, it's kind of a way to make environmental activism a little more fun. Okay. They feel like it's usually pretty stuffy and moralistic and very like, you know, oh, shame, shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> right. Woe and fear, you know, around it. And there yeah. should be a healthy sure. amount of fear around that sort of thing. But they call it like Al Gore stuff, the oh Al Gore God. effect <laughs> or something Don't like get that. me started. I honestly like An Inconvenient Truth mm-hmm. was the lamest title for a movie that everyone should be paying attention to. Like by the time you finish the word inconvenient, I'm asleep. I don't care. And I don't need, well, I don't know what this movie is about. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like it's for me. It doesn't sound interesting or important or an inconvenient truth. <laughs> okay. Right. Wake so, up, everybody. The earth is dying. Right. Exactly. It's kind of a horrible death knell that you're sounding with a very boring bell. Right. But anyway, uh, so they kind of were like, you know, this way we can bring a little humor, a little absurdism into the environmental movement, make it a little more accessible and fun. But mostly 
the idea is about changing our mindset. They kind of feel like since we see Earth as a mother, we maybe take it for granted like we might do with our own mother. We expect it to take care of us and need nothing in return. Sort of unconditional, you know, I can take my laundry to her and she'll clean it, but I can forget her birthday and she'll forgive me. Wow. Kind of, kind of kind of relationship but they say a lover is a partner and they require respect yeah. they require give and take they require love and care and if you don't they will leave you they they won't just keep loving you right. forever right so annie sprinkle told teen vogue that by making earth your lover it's quote putting the responsibility on you to uphold your side of the relationship it's revolutionary i kind of like it to be honest yeah no i really like that it makes me think that maybe people should start treating their mothers a little more like uh (laughs) first of all well and maybe not you know their lovers but certainly like a partner (laughs) but yeah i think more how you treat them when you're when you're grown you know you start to understand what it takes to be a mom whether you have kids or not you're kind of like wow it turns out that was a really (laughs) a really crazy thing somebody did for me i do try to pop into my parents now and then Mm -hmm. and say uh Wow, you know, <laughs> you know? thanks, because <laughs> you, you don't recognize what they're doing when you're a kid. Not at right? all. Because uh, of course they are. You're a exactly. kid. Somebody's going to put food in front of you. Somebody's going to, you know, make sure you get to school on time and, mm-hmm. and become a decent person, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, And, uh, you know, and then you're grown up and you're like, we who have no children, I'm like, how the hell oh my God. would I have the time and energy to devote to making sure a person okay. becomes not the worst person right now? Oh I don't, I do not have no the focus for that, let alone anything else. Or sometimes like, you know, uh, my cousin who's like 11 uh-huh. will ask me a question about something. I'm like, how the hell could I answer this <laughs> without A, making you very cynical or... <laughs> Or, I don't know, just... Well, kid. I know. <laughs> let me tell you something about life. Well, I'm like, sometimes you just want the kid to vent, right? So yeah. you're like, ah, oh, man, that sucks, whatever. And then other times you're like, should I be giving advice? Should I be uh-huh. like, well, don't think about it this way. Think about it this mm-hmm. way. Or like, what about what what about that bully maybe is going on at home? And we want to be compassionate. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard to figure out which way to go and how to, again, just how to mold a person, I right. guess. And then sometimes you're tired and you're like, I don't care about mm-hmm. your weird thing at school. You won't care about this. You're 11. Like, you're going to forget about this by the time you're in college. But at the time, when you're 11, it feels huge. I remember yeah. that, being 11 mm-hmm. and something feeling like it's going to last forever and it's not going to ever be any different than this. And I'm very scared and I'm very afraid Man. of how it's going to turn out. Anyway. Well. Parenting is hard. Hot if, take. If your parents or your mentors or whoever you owe that to is out there and you're close to them, you know, say mm-hmm. hey. Say what's up. Say hey. You Say know, thanks. thanks a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mine are listening, so I don't have to. Or at least my mom is. She'll tell my dad. She'll say, uh, by the way, Eli says thanks. Eli says, he cares. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see him on Wednesday. We're going to a movie. <laughs> by the way, Eli says thanks. Eli says thanks. Anyway, so basically, yes, they're like, you take your parents for granted, but it's harder to take your lovers for granted. We mm-hmm. should see the earth more as a partner in life mm-hmm. and that we need to cherish and let them know how much we appreciate them. And all that stuff, or they're going to leave us high and dry. And the Ecosexual Manifesto includes conservation principles like buying less and then only buying local, organic, and sustainable products, as well as working towards world peace. Because Ooh. as the manifesto says, quote, bombs hurt. Oh. And that's true, right? Yeah. They scar the earth. 
as well as people. Right. Now, ecosexuality is a sexual identity, but it doesn't have to be your main sexual identity. And how far you take it, if you are an ecosexual, is Mm -hmm. totally up to you. Vice News spoke to Amanda Morgan, who's an ecosexual, uh, and she's faculty at the UNLV School of Community Health Sciences. She told Vice that it's it's kind of like the Kinsey scale, right? Mm-hmm. Some ecosexuals, they, they they keep it real simple. They're just like, I just get uh, uh, sustainable, environmentally sound sex toys, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. was not this is not covered in blood diamonds <laughs> and the skin of an endangered creature. I want a locally made gourd yeah. with bees in it. <laughs> gourd with bees in it, sure. <laughs> Although I don't know what that does for the bees. Actually, probably not. Uh, not yeah. not ecosexual approved. No a bunch of bees and a gourd, uh, but. Other people also keep it kind of simple. They might enjoy skinny dipping or naked sunbathing. So they're just kind of mm-hmm. feeling the the elements That's on right. them. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other end of the scale, of course, is the people we all think of when we hear the word ecosexual, right? <laughs> uh, it, she says that there's people who, quote, roll around in the dirt having an orgasm covered in potting soil. They are people who fuck trees or masturbate under a waterfall. Oh. Right. They fuck trees. Yeah, we'll just leave that to your imaginations. Good um, luck. <laughs> uh, these people might also have sex with vegetables, like our friends in, for the last episode in Fuck for Forest. Right. And I was going to ask you hmm. what you think is the sexiest vegetable. Uh, I don't find vegetables very sexy. <laughs> I don't mean what vegetable are you sexually attracted to. Hmm. But like... You know, if you were going to cast a vegetable in a leading role in a movie. Right. And we're just like, that's one sexy vegetable. Mm-hmm. Can you, do you well, have one? Well, what's funny is that I think melons and uh-huh. cucumbers or that's, zucchini that's have been the common, right? the ones that you usually, right. but thanks to emojis, it's now peaches and eggplant. Oh, sure. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't is know. there what a, a boobs emoji? Is there a boobs? Because peaches is butts. Right. Peaches. Melons are, melons are boobs. Right. right? But we don't, usually... I don't think there's a two melons emoji. There and there should be. A bundle huh, of melons. I wonder what the boob emoji is. Well, regardless of emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a blue footed booby emoji and they just say, show me your boobies. Oh, show yeah. me your boobies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope think, so. I don't think we got that. Note yet. to the emoji makers: make a blue-footed booby emoji, and I promise it will get some use. I will say there was a at the grocery store the other day. We got back from our trip, hadn't cooked a home cooked meal in a while, and I really wanted a salad. Yeah. And I I went and got a cucumber, and I, if I may say, this mm. particular batch of cucumbers were not only huge, Ooh. but veiny? ruler straight. No, oh. not veiny. <laughs> No, they were just the straightest cucumbers oh. I've ever seen. So you could really do something with that. I guess so. There was <laughs> I, I picked one up and a part of me was like, what? 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 This, this cucumber's making me think some kinds of things I'm not comfortable with. Um, <laughs> I don't appreciate the thoughts this cucumber made <laughs> right. me have. Kroger? Mm. Anyway, the answer's pomegranate. Um, oh, okay. Which is, a, I guess, a fruit, not a vegetable. Well, there you go. That's why I didn't say it. Well, it's a very uh, that that goes back in art history. That's the pomegranate cool. was all about fertility and sex. Sure, because so. lots of seeds. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess so. Gross. Now I don't like the pomegranate. Ugh, great. Onwards, we, ruined we go. Everything. <laughs> all right. Well, the manifesto does include the quote: "We hold these truths to be self-evident that we are all part of, not separate from, nature. Thus, all sex." is eco-sex. 
And I get that. I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of said myself in the past, like, well, you know, we talk about what we do is unnatural, but we're we're animals. Kind of everything we do is natural in a way. I it's guess so. Yeah. Boat, maybe this is the human animal. Yeah. I mean, birds and beavers tear apart plants to build their homes and that you know it's not they do there are there are bugs that eat other things from the inside out sometimes yep. to live yep. so it can be a brutal world Oof. out there in the animal kingdom hard pass and we are part of the animal kingdom and i think we forget that a lot yeah. so yeah it's 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 a again i i like a lot of the underlying principles of this yeah. i don't think i could fuck a zucchini or anything no. but like i'm not about to start like rubbing up on a tree yeah but I do love trees. I enjoy looking at them. Mm-hmm. As you know, we've we've we have stood in admiration of a tree. Oh my god! Before. Yeah, we live in Atlanta. Like We're surrounded nerds. by beautiful trees. I like that. All sex is eco sex. You might you might uh, you you've had eco sex then maybe right. you you might be having eco sex right now. As right, you're listening you listen to, to our podcast. voices for some reason. Wow! You email us if on? you did that. I know. <laughs> well, after the green wedding to the earth. Annie and Beth had even larger and more theatrical weddings all over the world. They were always collaborating with different artists. Uh, So these are like, you know, often dozens to hundreds of people working Um, on these weddings. Um, In the blue year, they performed a wedding to the Adriatic Sea at the Venice Biennial. And then they married the sky in Oxford, UK. Okay. Uh, in their purple year, they had a nighttime rave marriage to the moon in L.A. All right. Uh, Annie and Beth both dressed like aliens. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. Sort sure. of like an outer space, you know, alien yeah. thing. And it looked really fun. I would go to that party. They also did a daytime ceremony with the Appalachian Mountains. In the white year, they married the snow in Ottawa, Canada, right after a huge snowstorm. Oh, get in line. Listen, and it was in this beautiful, like, cathedral-like church. And so it was really pretty. Uh, in the golden year, they married the sun in San Francisco, and it's like it looks like they're at the top of a mountain, and it's sunset, and it's all very beautiful. Of course, everyone is wearing the colors, you know, of the theme and everything too. So everybody's very on theme. Can I say I would marry the sun at sunrise? It might have been sunrise because otherwise, as soon as you get married, it's gone. It's gone. Well, San Francisco well, probably night. sunset because they're in the west, so you wouldn't really have a good sunrise. Maybe, but you'd have yeah, a great sunset. Sense. That's probably so, it. But yeah. Well, and then you can go right into the wedding night. Sure. But where's the groom? He disappeared. I mean, he passed out because he got too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time. <laughs> Even after their seven-year Love Art Lab project ended, the weddings continued. They had a punk rock all-black wedding to Cole in Spain, okay. in Spain's coal country. And they also had a dirty wedding to the soil in Austria, where, like, literally everybody is, like, rolling around in dirt. Sure. They're wearing brown. They look like they're rocks or something. It's very crazy. All right. Well, in 2013, Beth Stevens went back to her hometown in coal country to make a documentary about mountaintop removal in West Virginia. A mountaintop removal, uh, or MTR, is also called mountaintop mining, or MTM. You might have heard it either ways. And it came about because tunneling underground to get to coal seams is dangerous and expensive. And people figured, all right, well, instead of going through the mountain, uh, why don't we just use explosives to take off whatever is on top of the seam and expose the coal? Now, it is a lot safer, but it also destroys, you know, a huge amount of habitat for for animals, for plants, uh, as well as obviously ruining the mountainous skyline. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants a bunch of flat mountains. <laughs> They're not mountains anymore. Right. They're buttes. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Plus, whatever they remove from the top of the mountain, often exposing 400 vertical feet, so we're talking about like a lot of rock and toxic byproduct, ends up getting dumped into neighboring valleys or hollers. If you know anything about Appalachia, uh, those hollers are very important cultural systems, right? Right. Well, and people live in them. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. It's not great to dump toxic waste anywhere. No, and these are these are people who've had these homes for, you know, hundreds of years, oh, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the documentary itself is called Goodbye Golly Mountain, where Beth shows the struggle of a community who, who love their natural mountain environment, but also they rely on mountaintop removal for the local economy. It's kind mm. of trapped between two worlds there. Now, after a screening of the film, Beth and Annie married Golly Mountain. Beth explained to one interviewer, quote, Ecosexuality inserts an erotic humor that plays against the horrific subject matter. So far, the feedback that I've received at film previews makes me realize that these are effective strategies for creating space to briefly cut the feeling of despair that MTR evokes. This is interesting to me because um, actually your mom just shared oh, yeah. on Facebook this morning an article from, I believe, Forbes about solastalgia. Mm. which is the feeling of depression and anxiety that comes from knowing that your environment is in danger, basically. Uh. Um, So it was like uh, the kind of deep grief that you can feel when a natural landscape that you're used to is changing dramatically around you, that kind of thing, which is interesting that there's a word for it, but also like the fact that they were tapping into early on that, climate change, global warming, you know, environmental disaster, impending doom kind of stuff is really depressing. It's very hard to look at it because it makes you feel so hopeless and impotent. If the world is ending, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they were kind of tapped into that a little early on. And we're now just now kind of talking about it a little more. Reminds me of on Reddit recently, I read someone talking about the concept of Sonder. Uh, It's sort of the opposite of solipsism, like where you're very internally focused and your world is the center of all things. And Sonder is sort of like, oh, there's storms happening on Venus right now. Mm. You know, there's a guy in Spain eating a sandwich and living his life. It's this this recognition that every random person and even places where there are no people are experiencing time passing. Mm. Stuff is happening outside of your perception of it. Yeah. Um, And I I find it both... um, kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. to think about that because it's huge and it makes you feel very it can make you feel very insignificant but i but sure. someone also pointed out it can have the opposite effect where you feel there's so much existing out there in the universe your existence is very unique and special mm-hmm. so it's kind of amazing feeling at the same time you know who had a butt ton of sonder is kurt vonnegut oh yeah um if you read any of his books he loves to do that where he'll just have yeah. someone bump into somebody and then he'll tell you who they bumped into his whole life. Yeah. Like he'll just kind of be like, and then eventually they, you know, whatever happens yeah. to them. And they're not important to the story, but he just tells you everything about them. And yeah. I remember reading one of his books and being like, man, how many people have I bumped into? And I haven't thought about what they did after oh, that. Yeah. Like they cease to exist for mm-hmm. me, basically. And I cease to exist for them. But we both went on to continue to do shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, a butt ton of Sonder by Kurt Vonnegut. He it's would a great he book. would write it, and he would do this little <laughs> asshole drawing right on top. Well, Beth and Annie's weddings, these eco sex weddings, 
really struck a chord with the art world and with a lot of people. Because even after they stopped organizing the weddings themselves, they kept getting married. Uh, right before the pandemic, a group called Future Farmers uh, organized a wedding for them to marry the fog at UC Santa Cruz. Cool. And then I, I bet they used a lot of tool. You know what I mean? Like something really oh, yeah, sure, like sure. that. Yeah. And then in 2021, an artist married them to the brine shrimp of Great Salt Lake in Utah. Dope. Um, all told, they've apparently performed something like 19 weddings in nine countries. They've also toured two-person shows all over the world. And then in 2017, they were part of a German art festival called Documenta 14. This is a really interesting arts festival. I would love to attend one day in my life okay. because it happens every five years and it lasts nine months. So the selection process, I think you get like two, like three years to work on your projects. Mm -hmm. And then you have a whole nine months to work with, with your project. So okay. people do various different performances and installations. They can do some really large scale stuff at Documenta. Yeah. And Beth and Annie were no different. They did a bunch of shit at Documenta 14. They screened their newest film, which is called Water Makes Us Wet. Ooh. Uh, love it. All their titles are amazing. <laughs> They set up a bed in a museum lobby where they would cuddle people between them for seven minutes, which Annie calls, quote, an anti-Trump wall protest of sorts. Oh. Um, and they also did an eco-sex walking tour. The idea of that is just being like you would walk around and you'd have your attention called to stamens, you know. and like Oh, yeah, sure. Erotic flower, you know, like just yeah. look at the look at that flower begging for your attention kind of Ooh. kind of thing. Just to call your attention to yeah, the natural flower world. is thirsty. Oh, that flower is Shaking thirsty a thing. for you, babe. But Annie and Beth are far from the only ecosexuals out there. Oh, sure. We've talked about a couple already, but there's several more. And we will fill you in, fill you up. All right. <laughs> right after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now. 
and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Toyota believes in the power of personal choice for reducing carbon emissions. Beyond Zero is their vision to go beyond carbon neutrality, and they're working toward it with a diverse lineup of electrified vehicles. And electrified doesn't just mean plugified either. Toyota offers more low and zero emissions vehicles combined than any other automaker, so you have choices that fit your lifestyle. Whether you want a hybrid EV that starts and handles like a traditional Toyota with better MPG, a battery EV that delivers a smooth, silent, clean ride, or a plug-in hybrid EV that goes between battery and fuel to give you the best of both worlds, Toyota has you covered. And for those of you who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool. But it doesn't stop with vehicles. Toyota is decreasing its plastic waste, supporting water conservation efforts, and expanding programs that protect critical species, all to help reduce their environmental footprint and create a positive impact on society. Giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions. That's Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified dash vehicles slash beyond dash zero dash vision. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back. All right, according to The Guardian, right before Documenta, Annie and Beth hosted their fourth and largest ecosexual symposium. And this included... 300 ecosexuals from all over the world and performances that included, uh, quote, ecosexy Shakespeare from Luke Dixon, the founder of Theater Nomad in the UK, mm-hmm. a demonstration of Grassalingus by Annie Sprinkle on the lawn <laughs> of UC Santa Cruz, and a very ecosexy poem, which we'll, of course, read for you right now. Mm-hmm. So let's go down to Poetry Corner and read. Maybe one of the most poetry corner poems we've read. (laughs) Probably. Dirt, which was originally written and performed by the musician Peaches. Dirt, dirt, dirty dirt, dirt. Stay away from the dirt. You'll get dirty. It's a mess. Yes, yes. We want to get down and dirty. Hit the dirt. Dig in the dirt. Dirt is a wonder. Dirt is real. Dirt is precious. Dirt gives us breath. Dirt will sustain us. Dirt makes life. Dirt is life. We need to be dirty. We need dirt. Break it down, earthworm. Break it down. Break it down. Fungi love me. Humble humus. All hail bacteria. The criteria. Release the nutrients. Release us. Fertilize us. Treat us like dirt. Give us dirt. We want to be soiled, richly soiled, in sand, silt, and clay. We will lay, we will lay. 
Let's get dirt on our hands. Cover us in dirt. Make us dirty. Dirt is the shit. Dirt is the shit. All right, Peaches. Look, that sounds like a Peaches song. <laughs> it does sound like a Peaches song. I'd, I would listen to her do it because you know she would do some cool shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably got insane backing tracks and everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Insane stuff. Also, eco-sexy Shakespeare. I wish I could find some text for that, but right? there, it's nowhere. So, Luke Dixon, if you're listening, I want to transcribe. <laughs> Is it like two Bs or not two Bs? Oh, two bees. <laughs> or is it like, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Oh, sure. Thou art more sexy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I just, every Shakespeare quote I ever learned <laughs> just vanished from my mind. And I, I've done three Shakespeare plays mm, in my mm-hmm. life. You sure have. Yep. Um, nothing. The nothing. quality I've, of... Booty is not oh, strained. there we go. It droppeth as gentle <laughs> like rain it, like from heaven. Like it is hot. <laughs> <laughs> like it is hot. <laughs> it droppeth like it is hot. Um, in Interview Magazine, Annie Sprinkle also mentions a Chinese artist who made like eco-sexual art. Okay. Their name is Zhang Bo, and they have an ongoing film series since 2016 called Teradophilia where he showcases a sexual act with a pteridophyte or a spore-dispersing plant in a forest in Taiwan. Okay. Artnews.com describes the videos as showing, quote, close-up shots of men, some of them BDSM performers, stroking their penises with ferns, rubbing their nipples against spiky stern, rubbing their nipples against spiky stems, or ejaculating onto tendrils that then drip with semen. All right. I know. I was like, this is not a movie I would spend a lot of time <laughs> watching probably myself. Well, I'm thinking about the the uh, one brief time I tried gardening and I pulled some <laughs> some some of these little clover looking plants out of the sure. ground mm-hmm. and came back and my hands just turned red. <gasps> they were all it was like I was having some kind of reaction. And then I was told by our friend Sammy, who's, uh, you know, a professional landscaper and right. gardener. Uh, she said, oh, no one's allergic to those. Oh, I was like, well, I something, something happened, happened here. So it's just me. So maybe I'm, I'm hyper reactive to everything and I don't want to <laughs> rub my dick on any ferns. <laughs> I don't want you to rub your dick on any ferns either, babe. Done. Well, Zhang isn't just making these for shits and giggles or anything. He he feels that by showing queer men having relations with ferns, which are kind of a common undervalued plant, mm-hmm. he is, quote, emphasizing structures of marginalization across species and proposes possibilities of intimacy between them. Mm. So kind of, you know. Ferns are lesser than art orchids, but who get who says and why? And, oh, okay, you know, and yeah. So, like, who is lesser person and who says and why? Okay. And this is kind of reminiscent of Annie's work, Annie Sprinkle's work in the post porn movements, where yeah. she's she was very concerned with stereotypes in pornography, representation in porn. That's mm. why she was trying to make transgender porn and stuff like okay, that. Okay, yeah. She was kind of and you know which bodies are allowed to be portrayed as sexual bodies. Okay. So I'm sure she also was thinking about uh, plus size women and plus size men and, you know, just what we consider to be sex- sure. sexy and sexual sure. and stuff like that. Uh, Zhang has a less graphic 16 minute dance video that came out in 2021 called 
le sacre de printemps, which means the rite of spring, where, quote, naked men gyrate passionately against trees in a verdant forest. They writhe and moan in ecstasy. At midpoint, the camera turns upside down as the men drop to the ground. What was a frenzy dissipates into serenity as they lie still, their bodies melting into the mossy floor. What the artist calls an ecosexual courtship. Hmm. So a little less, uh, you know, ejaculating on plants and more just kind of <laughs> more of a becoming dance. one with the earth in a dance. Yeah, more of a dance film than a sex film, I guess. Into it, um, much like Annie and Beth, Zheng sees sexuality as this sort of mundane fact of life and nature. Right, like mm-hmm. it just happens. He told Art News, "Quote: Sex is everywhere in nature, and interspecies sex is not a human invention." He pointed to things like orchids that evolved to look like bees visually. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, tempts bees into coming in and trying to hump a flower. That's right. And it that helps, helps pollinate. pollinate them, right? Mm-hmm. So the Sierra Club even suggests that our old friend Walt Whitman might have been an ecosexual. Mm-hmm. They quoted this passage in Song of Myself, quote, It is for my mouth forever. I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. Actually, yeah. That I mean, does kind of make him sound like an ecosexual. I certainly would lean more towards that he was a poet who <laughs> was good with metaphor <laughs> rather than like him literally saying, I want to fuck this river, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Well, several of our subjects have loved some naked sunbathing like sure. uh, Harry Crosby for example right. who was married to Caress Crosby who invented the bra the, yep. the modern bra uh, he loved to sunbathe naked mm-hmm. and Ben Franklin liked to liked an air bath sure um, so I don't know how much that is ecosexuality and how much that was like Ben Franklin literally thought there was some medicinal property to it mm. or like people who sun their assholes whatever that's called People do still doing that, I think. And it, uh, whereas me, like, I want to dress like a Jawa every time I go outside. <laughs> Full cloak. No sand or sun or little, wind will little, touch. Little gold eyes. Golden goggles. Uh-huh. Help you see in a yep. dust storm. I'm good. Uh, more recently, uh, Annie was a consultant on the HBO series The Deuce. That show, oh. That's the show that shows the rise of the sex industry in New York yeah. in the 70s and 80s, what some people call the golden age of porn. I didn't watch that. I didn't either. It stars Jane, James Franco oh, and Maggie why. Gyllenhaal. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like James Franco. Uh, but yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal's great. Annie, apparently, I guess, was giving her most of the consultation. Oh, it was okay. all, a lot about the mindset around sex sex work and stuff I got like you. that. and. So that's that's definitely very interesting, especially if you're someone like me who is who is a little bit of a prude when it comes to my own body. I don't really mm. care about what anybody else is doing, but when right. it comes to my own body, it's very particular people are allowed to touch yeah. <laughs> and stuff or see me <laughs> naked or something like that. So I think Maggie maybe has, you know, she was sort of like saying it was hard to get into that mindset, and Annie sure, gave her some sure. some real help with that or yeah. whatever. Uh, Beth and Annie updated the Ecosex Manifesto to respond to COVID policies like social distancing and masking. Oh, okay. And there's even like pictures of some ecosexuals wearing masks that have like grass sprouting from it and Hilarious. stuff like that. So, you know, they kept the they kept the vibes going all uh-huh. right, during the pandemic. Um, and Annie is also in recovery from both lung cancer and breast cancer, oh. uh, which said at least in 2019 or 2020 when she gave this interview magazine interview she says she's doing fine now okay good but of course that 
you know, took took them away from art for a minute. They yeah. had more important things to do. And she also thinks that maybe the breast cancer may have been a result of some toxic permanent ink that she used in the 90s. Oh, no. She used to make these tit prints, she called them. And they had, like, cubis or heart-shaped or, like, cone-shaped boobs. Amazing. You know, different yeah. with, like, kind of, it almost looks like um, tintypes or something like that. But anyway, they're 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 fun. <laughs> and she says, you know, a lot of artists, you know, they they get killed by their materials because people use yeah. toxic paints, so they have fumes yeah. or whatever. And she's like, that's just how that's part of the life. Man. Um, but she's also trying to get her body of work archived, including all her tit prints and nice. and all her writing and all all these amazing photos that she's taken throughout yeah. the years, tons of her educational material and stuff like that. So she's working to get that archived, hopefully at Harvard. Um, she mentioned in the interview magazine that their Schlesinger Library has a sex worker archive. Oh, nice. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. So kind of maintaining some of that history. Right. The people who actually lived it, that history instead of from the perspective of people who are judging it from one way or another. Right. Right. So I think that's really cool. Hopefully she does get hers. It seems like she would deserve a place in the Schlesinger Library. That's awesome. Man, good for good for them. And still at mm-hmm. it. And still Which at I love it. too. Still they must be it. what nineteen fifty four, so almost seventy now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, she's sixty nine. Any sprinkles? Sixty nine. <laughs> nice. Um. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. What All do right. you think? I mean, what do I think? I, I, well, on one hand, I like the sentiment that we're all ecosexuals, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all having sex with natural uh, living things of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. Um, I don't need to roll around in the dirt, as was previous, previously <laughs> explained. I'm good with um, excluding the elements from my life as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm a very uh, comfortable indoors. Well, I I love the outdoors. I love camping, mm-hmm. love going out, things like that. But, um, but I don't like bugs um <laughs> so that's the main thing is i just don't like bugs um keep them off of me uh so i do like a lot of clothes um, because they are to be in my defense bugs love me they do and they i've, do I've had a long history of like other beings being really attracted to me that i'm that i have to kind of fend off it's been sort of the story of my life um, now, this is actually a good point that you've just brought up. Oh, yeah. Because of all 19 of the weddings that we looked into, uh-huh. not a single one of them was to bugs. Hell no. Why would you marry bugs? Bug. They're part of the natural world. Well, you know what? If there weren't bugs, lots of things wouldn't eat. Lots of things would not <laughs> procreate. Lots of things would not pollinate. That's great. But you know what I want to do? I want to hold a mass ceremony of divorce against bugs. <laughs> We're sick of your shit, I want to kick them out and say, you're, you're no so longer abusive. welcome here. Take Here's a box full of your stuff. Get out and don't come back. Restraining order filed. <laughs> full of your stuff. Yeah. Here's the silk from your cobweb, you bastard. <laughs> oh, I love spiders. I know. Spiders are great. And spiders not great. bugs. So no, technically they don't eat count. bugs. And mm-hmm. that's why spiders are dope. And they're all welcome at my house as long as they stay up in the corners and <laughs> inside the walls. Where they're supposed to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that's interesting. I wonder why why not. If we could get them to marry mosquitoes or something nope. that is less... Uh, because they said they're trying... pretty and less nice about nature? I don't because know. they said they're also trying to have fun. True, you're and so keep right. It that's not fun. And silly, and that's nobody wants. To, who would come to that wedding? The mosquito <laughs> marriage. Like, what are you going to walk out naked into a swamp, like cover yourself in honey, and say, "Have at it, mosquitoes Have and bees"? At it. 
Let's become one. No, I'm going to end up in the hospital. Wow. Well, they can marry bees. Bees are very important. Uh, bees are very important. And I think that bees really like their space. And <laughs> I don't want to, I do not want to impose on a bee's space. Okay. Or any stinging insect. Mm-hmm. It's Most funny insects. to say about an animal that lives like really packed in with other bees. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're like, we don't need any giant human bodies coming near us. True. You're taking up a lot of space. Uh-huh. Would I would go to any of these weddings, though, 100%. I would say. I think they're probably really easy to laugh at. I'm sure a lot of people are laughing because it's very hippie, dippy, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. very art this and that. And, you know, it's, it's, it is easy to laugh at, for sure. Well, but but I, like, I really like the vibe of it in yeah. a lot of ways. And the I like the foundation of it, which is we need to find a different way to think about the world that makes us respect it more yeah. and cherish it more. Obviously, calling it our mother is not working. Right. We are not taking care of it. Yep. So we need to think about different language around it or different mindset around it. That That's that's huge, right? Changing mindset, that Love changes everything. Earth. Didn't we talk in the last episode about sexy Gaia from Captain Planet? Oh, we sure did. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd take her as a lover. There you go. Um, I, I was going to say, we, we, we recently talked about the perception of, of artistic things like this as being pretentious and mm-hmm. serious. And and I really like something like this that I, I think they want you to laugh. Yeah, right? they like do. They're, obviously, it's silly mm-hmm. that I'm marrying the, the son, you know? Yeah. Like there's, like, there's a realness to it. Like, there's something that we want you to take from this. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if you're taking it so seriously, it's like, this is art. And, you know, then you're doing it wrong. You're kind of The whole point is kind of be lighthearted about it. Yeah. And have a good time. So I imagine there's a lot of silliness and laughing and, like... Look what we're doing, isn't it? Isn't it ridiculous? Because ridiculousness is also joyful. Yes, it is. I really think. That's so true. Yeah. And I do I like that too, joy around loving the environment. Yeah. Instead of fear and 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 uh moralistic shaming of others. You know, it's more about like, we love it out. Go out and touch grass. Yeah. It's the touch grass movement basically of like stop being inside on your screens go out look at this miraculous Mm -hmm. world full of unpredictable surprises and beauty and and everything i do i do i like that i do like that yeah me too um fucking a vegetable too far for me sure too far but you know what i guess i don't care as long as you're not doing it in the grocery store in front of me (laughs) (laughs) and if you are just make sure you buy that one and don't put it back (laughs) I do. I'm. I'm All really right. this conscious. Is, this is another layer that is upsetting. <laughs> no one's fucking them in the grocery store. And They're then surely putting them back. Purchasing them first. I, I. I've been very conscious lately about uh, trying not to touch any produce that I'm not that I don't put in my cart. You know, I really oh, like. Right sometimes on. you really have to pick up Feel an avocado up. and like give it a little grope and stuff, but. <laughs> uh, you know, like bell peppers. Mm-hmm. I really try to look at it. Which ones look rubbery? I don't want to pick everyone up because, you know, A, everybody else is doing that. And B, let me just reduce the number of hands mm-hmm. that went out of this. I mean, but you wash the vegetables before you cook them, right? No, no. I, I put them in the cart bare naked. Mm-hmm. I roll them down the conveyor belt of the grocery store. Good, um, good. And then I, and I, I, I just, I, well, I'll rinse them off in a uh, puddle in the parking lot. Oh, before I bring good. them home. And I hope you let a stranger sneeze on them. Um, I just assume that they have. I don't know. I can make more of an effort for that if you want. Uh, that would be nice. Okay, yeah, no Thanks. problem. Just to make sure. No problem. Yeah. Just yeah. a little Sorry, piece Sorry, I didn't of mind. need to assume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the state and of our with vegetables. That, I will never eat another vegetable again. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, 
I'm gonna, you're going to go starve. awful hungry around here because <laughs> I cook and I'm vegetarian. And we so. don't eat a lot of meat. <laughs> I am screwed. Thank you for tuning into my final episode before Your I strike. become closer to the earth forever. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. I yeah. would love to hear what y'all think about ecosex. Definitely. This is, this is a different one for us. It's, uh, you know, usually our our weird sexualities, they're, they're pretty honestly into the sex part. We yeah. don't like having sex with the cars or marrying the buildings and stuff. Yeah. Like they're very much feeling a romantic connection. And I'm not saying they're not, but I feel like it's more of a uh, more of a political artist. Yeah, movement. more message driven. Yeah, more message driven is a good way sure. to put it. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I think they're very interesting women. That's for sure. I certainly would not be bored having a conversation with them. I don't think you would. Then do it. Well, we would love to hear what you think about ecosexuality, about Annie Sprinkle. Have you seen deep inside Annie Sprinkle? <laughs> um, <laughs> you see, you know, do you know anything about Beth Stevens? I mean, any any of this that struck a chord with you, we would love to hear from you as always. Our email address is ridicromance at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can find us on Instagram. I'm at oh great, it's Eli. I'm at Dianamite Boom. And the show is at ridicromance. And we love y'all very much. Thanks so much for your patience between episodes. Yeah. Hopefully it was worth the wait. I think so. And we will see you soon with more. All right. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.